0: The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, we're glad you're here. Commend you for joining us. And we're going to be again in Psalm chapter 86. As we're going to pick up where we left off yesterday and kind of build off of uh, one of the phrases the phrase we talked about towards the end of yesterday's time and uh, we're going to use that and build off it today that i think it's so important so let's go ahead and look at least what that verse is and what that thought is and we'll build off that idea so in verse 11 we focused pretty much all of our attention yesterday david told god please teach me thy way remember it was not my way but his way teach me your way O lord and then he promises i will walk In thy truth, I will follow it. There's no point in God giving me something if I won't follow it. He's not going to give me new information if I've not followed with the information he's already given me. So he's not going to give me more if I'm not faithful with what he has given me. But then he says, unite my heart to fear thy name. Unite thy heart. And really, what you come down to is the fact, and it's true, many of us acknowledge the fact that uh, with so many things that preoccupy our minds right now. I mean, you know that. You go to bed and your mind is reeling with all the things. You know, you're reeling with uh, the pandemic. You're reeling with financial situations, work, maybe your retirement. Um, all of these different things. Your family, what's going to happen here? What's going to happen there? And i tell you, there are things that, and, and I'm not even saying they're bad things. There are legitimate things today that we have to deal with. We can't ignore these things. And, and we look at it and say, Lord, how are you going to handle? Are you going to handle? What are you doing? Or maybe we think, why aren't you doing? And, and it is extremely easy for us to become distracted by legitimate things. I think of Peter as he walked on the water towards Jesus. Uh, this, uh, the account tells us that as he was walking, as his eyes were focused on Jesus, he was defying physics. And, and the storm that they acknowledged was as severe as he looked around, he could have ignored all of this reality. And please remember, he was walking in the water in a storm. The reality of what was happening was there. And he He was walking. He was defying he was enjoying a miracle and while he did that and he could see jesus and he was you think everything else would disappear but somehow in the midst of this the reality of the day the reality of the situation got peter and he looked aside and all of a sudden he became overwhelmed overwhelmed with the reality not necessarily the supernatural intervention of god but the reality of what's going on and sometimes Uh, When we're watching God work and we're watching God, we're we're trying to place our trust in Him, we allow, if I can, be, for lack of better words, the reality of our situation to distract us from what God is doing. Now, here's the problem. Sometimes God's not doing it the way we think we should, or doing it in a way that makes sense, or doing it in a way that we want Him to. So, therefore, we've come to the conclusion, excuse me, conclusion He's not doing anything. And it's it's a dangerous conclusion. So what I want to do is David comes as he's finishing this, and he just got done telling God, Lord, if you teach me your way, I will follow in it. Keep me united. Don't let me be, you know, let my emotions be spread to every other part. Don't let me be consumed with this or that. Lord, help me to keep my mind focused on you and, and let you take care of the things of which I have no control. But then he goes on a little bit and talks about uh, the benefits of this, singular focus, united heart. And, and, and even at the end, we'll talk a little bit about some negatives of not having it. So let's look a little bit in verse 12. So he goes on after he says, because of united heart, here's some things I will do. He says, I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. Please remember, as we'll see in a second here, the David's still under attack. There are people who still want to kill him. His, situa- his circumstances are not gone in this situation. David is saying in the midst of these miserable circumstances, God, teach me what you're doing. Teach me your thinking, teaching your plan. Help me to recognize you in all of this. And so he, he goes, and, and if you do, I will follow. I won't understand it all, but I will follow because it's you. He said, then I will. I will choose in the midst of these times to uh, glorify your name, choose to lift you up, choose to honor you, choose to do this. And again, worship is a choice. Worship is something I will do, not just because my circumstances are good, not just because everything's working out the way I want them to, or not just because everything makes sense. I will worship God because he's good. So he says that into choice, but also there's something unique about this worship that's important for us to recognize. He says, I will, O Lord my God, with all my heart. He comes back to the unified aspect. I can't truly worship God if I am not truly understanding, if I'm not giving him everything, I can sit there and say, and one of the songs we'll sing in church now, and I Surrender All. Can I really sing I Surrender All while I'm so consumed with other things going on? Can I really sing Bow the Knee when I'm still trying to be in control of everything in my life? Uh, Can I still... Um, claim all to you know all the things that we, we sing about in church, I surrender all bow the knee, things of that nature, I, you know trusting it is well with my soul. Can I really sing those things and worship and put my trust in God, and then get back up and work my way to try and take over no i can 't I must worship Him with all my heart. I must have that focus and that 's what I need to do is keep my eyes on Jesus and offer of the things that I cannot control. He says, why? One of the, we can go talk about why of the worship. Verse 13, For great is thy mercy toward me. Thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. Listen, I mean, we talk about not only salvation. God has delivered me from eternal damnation in hell. But you think about his mercy toward me. You know, I like what he says in the idea of mercy, because... Mercy is something we don't deserve. It, it, it honestly kind the idea that I deserve wrong. I deserve punishment. I deserve what comes my way because of my sin, my decisions, all these different things. And God says, instead of giving me what I deserve, he gives me mercy. And then he's delivered me from the worst of circumstances, from the worst of situations in my life. And maybe you're in that circumstance and you just want to put your trust, if you keep your eyes on him, that he, no, he will deliver you from what obviously is one of the worst circumstances at that time of your life so i encourage you that's what we're looking for we worship him because he will do he already has and he will continue to do that then he goes on in verse 14 to talk about the battles he's still in oh god the proud are risen against me and the assemblies of violent men have sought after my soul and have not set thee before them verse 15 but thou o lord are a god now there's four things that he says are true about god in this situation here's what i would say we talk about why the united front. We talk about the benefits. Well, the benefit is to remember his mercy, to remember that he has already delivered us from rough areas and he will do it again. He loves us more than we could ever love him. He is fully aware of the circumstance we're in. And instead of doing everything we can to manipulate the situation, to make it work on our benefit, we need to make sure that we are focusing our attention on him and giving him the the freedom you know, in our life to do it. Now, we're so busy trying to, to make God fit a certain thing because it's what makes sense to us instead of stopping and saying, Lord, I don't get any of this, but this is what you've done. What well, can I learn from this? But see, here's the thing. There's four more things in this next verse that are true about God that if we can focus on him, we can learn. But I would encourage you that if we don't, if we are so, if we don't become unified in our heart and we're so focused on everything else but this, there's some things about God we're going to miss. So we, these are things we can enjoy or things we may miss. In verse 15, he says, But thou, O Lord, art full, a God full of compassion. We're going to miss the compassion of God because we're consumed with what we think he's not doing. As a matter of fact, in the midst of these times, we can view God as, as indifferent, cruel, mean, because he's not doing what we want. And we wouldn't say it that way, but in reality, we know that's what's going on. And we miss his compassion. We miss the heart of God because we're angry. He didn't do what we wanted instead of submitting to what he's doing. We've got to be very careful of that. We miss his compassion. He goes, you're one, full compassion. Two, you are gracious. You offer me things I don't deserve. Your compassion, but then midst of it, you're gracious. You're not harsh. You're not mean. When I make a mistake, when I deserve the things, you're not coming back in frustration, anger towards me. You're showing grace. You're showing compassion. And that is something that you do offer. And I will miss that if I'm focused on so many other things. Full of compassion, gracious. You are long-suffering. We live in such an impetuous day. Last night on the way home, uh, what was it, um... Now we were we driving. We were on the way I it was way to work, to, on the way to drop my son off to school this morning. We're driving there. And somebody pulled out of uh, Wawa and ripped right over three lanes to get into the lane next to me. And uh, I hit on the brake and we come up and we're just thinking, Good night, could not you be kidding me. And somehow, if I had nailed their car and hurt us all, it would have been my fault for being on the road. And that's kind of how we feel today. We, we feel everybody's so impetuous and everybody's such in a hurry. And we're so quick to answer. And part of it, we're quick to respond in frustration. We're, we, we want God to respond like that. If someone's hurt me, God deal with them. And that's how we are. We're, we we miss the long serving We enjoy the long suffering of God in us, but we don't want to give it. And I tell you, it's easy to get that way. And I'm telling you, we embrace his long suffering that, frankly, in all the things I do and all the things I deserve, I recognize his long suffering. But if my eyes are focused on the wrong thing, I miss what he's offering to me. The fourth one he says, and he's um, plenteous in mercy and truth, in mercy and truth. Can I, those four things we'd miss if our eyes are focused on other things. But you know what happens? We need to recognize we need these things. And I think this is something we miss a lot. We don't have God in the right position. We don't worship him with all our heart. And somehow, we've become convinced of those four things because maybe we've been saved too long or whatever, we have a wrong view of it. We look at all of this and we just assume, God, this is what I deserve. We forget that what I deserve is an eternity in hell and anything better than that anything. Everything comes my way is better than I deserve. And I, I I thank God for all he's done, all he's given me, all the blessings of my life. But I have to recognize my true nature and what I deserve before I can really embrace all that he has given me. Oh, may we fall in love again with the grace of God, with the redemption, redemptive work of God, with the, with the promise of heaven in spite of who I am. May we fall in love again with, with, the, with the work of the gospel in our lives. And if we do that, we'd see Jesus differently instead of just somebody who's supposed to, we can manipulate to work we want. Someone who has the, our best our best interest in, in mind, what's best for us, and we'll glorify him, and we can allow him to do that work in our hearts. And it will never make sense, and it will never be what we want, because we're human, we're selfish, and God is all-powerful and loving and all-knowing. And may we put our trust in him for that. Whatever you're in right now, worship him, keep your eyes upon him, keep your, your, your heart and your mind focused on him, and not not overwhelm and consume because that's what Satan wants. He wants to get in your mind and he wants to lie to you about all the things in the world and how God hates you because of these things. Don't believe the lies. Keep your eyes solely focused on him and trust him. Do your part. Please don't get me wrong. Do your part. But when you've done everything you can, it's up to God to do the rest. And that's when we begin to see God work. And may we do that. Thanks for joining us today, uh, giving me the opportunity to be part of your day. I greatly appreciate it. I hope you're doing okay in the storm, in the aftermath. It's a beautiful day out there. Uh, But I hope as you're watching that you're not finding yourself without power or something like that. And uh, I hope you continue to pray for each other. We don't know uh, what was going on, but we can take it to God and ask him to help those in need right now. And I hope you're doing that. Thank you so much for the opportunity you've given me to be part of your day and uh, just to challenge you and to share God's word with you. I hope it was a help today. And uh, we're just grateful to be here and grateful to be part of your day. We hope you have a great rest of your day and look forward to seeing you next time.